welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew And today on the show, we're talking about ANZ's new lending rules. Oh, this comes down to their servicing calculations. They've changed it, Andrew, haven't they? Yeah, they were the first ones to say that they weren't going to change anything, and now the first ones to change everything. So what has changed, and why has it changed? So what they've done is they've actually treated rent a little bit differently. So now they've put in a shading. So previously, they would use 75% of the rent in your service and calculation. So for example, if you made 25000 a year in rental income, they would take off 25% for all your costs and the 75% would be used in your service and calculation. So what they've done now is they've said, if you're already an investor, they'll still use that 25% shading. So they'll use 75% for your service and calculation. However, if you buy a property, which is an existing rental property, a property that already exists today, then they're only going to use 65% of that income for your servicing. And if you're buying a brand new property, they'll stick to the old rule of using 75%. And this has all come about because we're expecting, or from the 1st of October, existing properties are going to be paying more tax because they don't have the same interest deductibility. Because of that, you're not going to have as much money left over in order to be able to pay your mortgage or put towards that mortgage. And that's why they've got to say, well, hey, we've got to use less of the rental income that you're going to get to be able to pay for that mortgage. You've got to allocate more of that rental income towards paying tax. And that's why they're using that lower percentage. Now, we do have some models, which we're going to get into in a moment to walk you through, well, how does that affect my maximum ability to borrow? But just before we get into that, I want to talk about what the effect really is. And the key thing to take away is this, that this does impact your servicing, your ability to borrow more and more money because you're now going to need more personal income in order to be able to service those mortgages or pass those bank mortgage tests or bank income tests. And this is really going to hit existing properties even further because not only do they require higher deposits in order to be able to purchase, but now they also require you to have more income to be able to borrow and go and purchase existing properties. And remember, this is already on top of the fact that they're using a test rate, which is significantly higher than the actual interest rate. They're effectively looking at the loan as if it's principal and interest, even if it's interest only. So it's just another thing that you have to be able to meet from a servicing criteria if you're going to be able to borrow money for investing. And the other thing that I just want to mention as well is that if this is the first time you're hearing about servicing, I'd recommend listening to episode 605 where we went through a real deep dive into the differences between each of the bank's calculations. Now, let's go through and talk about what this actually means for a range of different people. And I've got about four different scenarios that we're potentially going to go through. The first one is I've got a household on 150k income. So one person's on 80k, the other adult or partner is on 70k, two adults, two kids, two cars, got a person a mortgage of about 400k. Now, the question is, well, how much can they borrow? Well, if they're purchasing new properties, so assuming the 4.5% gross yield there, they'd be able to borrow about a million and eighty thousand dollars. Now, under the new rules with that rental shading, because that property isn't going to have as much rent being allocated towards that mortgage in the bank's calculations, they're only going to be able to purchase with about 960k. So there's about 120k difference or about 11% difference in what they're able to borrow in this case. And of course, servicing doesn't take into account the deposit requirements as well, because if you're buying an existing property, you have to have twice the usable equity to do that if you're buying new. 
That's absolutely correct. And when I've run these scenarios as well, I've got another one of a couple. One's on 130, the other's on 30K. So, you know, perhaps one's just part-time. Similar sort of situation, two adults, one kid, two cars. The difference again is about 9.6% in that case. And what this all really comes back to is how high the gross yield is, how high a yielding a property you're going to purchase. And generally at about that 4.5%, which is what we'd probably say a standard growth property would be around about, that might be a a two-bed townhouse sort of thing or a three-bed townhouse. It's about a 10% impact on your ability to borrow. So if you're going to be purchasing existing properties, you're going to be able to borrow about 10% less. Now that all changes if you're using or investing in higher yielding properties. So I want to take the same example, you know, one person on 130k, the other person on $30,000 a year, and now just increasing the yield to 6%. So this might be a dual care apartment, which I know we're going to talk about in an episode we're about to release very soon. Now, because you've got a higher yield, then that 10% difference, going from using 75% in your servicing calculations down to 65% has a bigger difference. In that case, it's about a 16% difference in your ability to borrow or the maximum amount that you're able to borrow in that case. So the high yielding person is worse off again. Yeah, so the key thing to note is that these are really going to affect, first of all, people on lower incomes. So people who are marginal by servicing anyway. So those people who are only just able to get over the line, it's another change where the economics are such that you almost have to buy new bills in that instance. The other people are people who have focused on high yielding stock in the past. And there are a community of people in New Zealand who have primarily focused on higher yielding existing properties. Those are the people who are going to be hit much more strongly than people who are investing in lower yielding, high growth properties, for instance. And what about the other people who are going to be most impacted from your point of view, Andrew? People who have a pretty small portfolio, so between two and five rental properties, because this is where they're going to get tapped out. Because of course, as you build your portfolio, there's more and more reliance on your personal income. Because if you've only got a couple of properties and, and you're relatively new to this, then your debt levels are high compared to you know an investor that's been in the game for 20 years. So what happens then is more of your personal income gets used from the servicing and it erodes your uncommitted monthly income. And the challenge is then there's only a certain amount that you earn from your job, generally speaking. And so eventually the bank will say, sorry, it doesn't work on our servicing calculators anymore. And just to talk about how that actually does impact your personal income. So I've got an example of a 500k property, not that many of those exist anymore, but a 500k property that you're borrowing all of the money for. If you've got a gross yield of 4.5%, again, pretty normal there, and we just look at those differences in rental coverage, if you're now purchasing an existing property, the bank will expect or will take off an extra $190 a month from your income to go towards that property under their scenarios. So again, it is going to affect people who are kind of at the margin and have previously been focusing on existing properties. But one thing that I'm quite surprised about, Andrew, and I want to get your opinion on this, is that when I look at that $500,000 mortgage, and I'm saying, oh, it's $190, $180 difference in terms of what the bank is going to look at or take off somebody's personal income, I think that's too low. 
I think that uh, I actually thought the same thing. I guess because they're using such a high test rate, they're kind of assuming that you know the market will correct, rents will probably go up, and also you know whilst we're using a higher test rate rather than increase the test rate, they're factoring in that someone who is able to service at us a six percent test rate has the ability to top up their investment properties to cover the tax that they have to pay now. I definitely think if I'm forecasting into the future, I think these are going to get even tougher. So for instance, right now, any property that you purchase before the 27th of March, 2021, because that deductibility of interest is going to be phased out at the moment, they're still saying, hey, look, we'll let you have 75% when we reassess your mortgages. But that deductibility is going to be phased out over four years. So you're not necessarily in four years' time going to be relying on 75% or within their calculations. Yes. Now, the benefit of that is you're probably going to have some capital growth, your rent will increase. You know, It's not going to be the end of the world. But certainly, I think those are probably going to get closer to 55% of income yes. being counted towards that mortgage. And so existing properties, the economics behind them, and this is kind of a running theme on the show about how they are changing dramatically. It's harder from deposits, it's harder from serviceability, it's harder soon from direct profitability as well because of interest deductibility and these government tax changes. The economics of existing properties still stack up if you're doing the deep renovations, the cash flow hacking, that approach. But it's just amazing that the average investor, the economics are changing so much that new bills just are more attractive. And I probably want to write a bigger article, you know, going through how things have changed because over the last 12 months, the economics have changed so much. Yeah, absolutely. One other thing that I want to just mention, or one other way I want to reframe this, is to talk about the gross yield that a bank is effectively looking at when assessing your mortgage application. So when ANZ takes 75% of your rent into account, effectively they're saying, well, if you've got a 4.5% gross yield, what does the picture you know, of you purchasing this property and borrowing all this money, what does it look like at a 3.38% gross yield? Now, that's really, really low in that instance. When they talk about it taking 65% of that rental income into account, they're really talking about a 2.9% gross yield. So even lower. So when you put it in those terms, you start to get a sense of how this is affecting your ability to purchase. But what we are going to see are that people who want to buy existing properties are going to get tapped out more quickly. And then similarly, any additional property that you buy, this starts to compound if you continue purchasing existing properties, because it's not just about getting today's mortgage approved. When you go to get the mortgage approved next time for your next existing property, again, they're going to take 65% of your rent on the new property that you're purchasing, but also 65% of the one you just purchased as well. One other thing that I want to point out is whilst this is just one bank for now, ANZ is the largest bank in New Zealand. I think they represent 40%. Yeah, I was going to say 35 to 40%. 35% to 40% of the market. I can guarantee you the other banks will follow probably in the next week or so. Do you know what? I'm predicting as well that we're probably going to see some of the other banks come out even tougher because, again, I look at this and I think, oh, 10%, you know, or say on a 500k mortgage, we're talking about $180 a week. But we're doing our numbers based on the fact that it might be five grand difference worth of tax by the time the deductibility fully comes out. So $180 per month, that's really, what, two and a half grand. They're probably only taking a smaller portion than I would have thought into account. So we'll see whether some of the other banks might come out even tougher. But what they've done, obviously, in the background is they've set up their systems to be able to separate new properties and existing properties so that now they're going to be able to tinker with those percentages over time. 
Yeah, I think that's probably what we will see as well. I think this is just one part as well of our wider theme that I think we're going to keep coming back to, which is the changing economics of property investment and how these things are changing because they are changing quite rapidly. And perhaps that'll be another podcast episode that we'll talk about in the future because it's quite exciting times in many ways in the market at the moment. So much is changing and there are constantly new announcements, whether from banks or from the Reserve Bank or from government or from somebody else who has an opinion. It keeps us, keeps us very active, doesn't it? means that we've got things to talk about on the show. (laughs) Exactly. Let's hope things continue so we've got more things to talk about. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And of course, we are about to do our draws for our dinners in Queenstown, Christchurch, Wellington and Auckland. We're going to take 10 of you out in each city plus partners. We'll cover the food and drinks. And we're just looking forward to meeting you and thanking you for listening to the podcast. So how do you enter that? First of all, leave us a review on your favourite podcast listening app. Follow us on Instagram. We are at opus underscore partners and share something to your story or feed, something you like about the podcast. Then email us at podcast at opuspartners.co.nz and let us know which city you're in so we know which draw to put you in. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. I'm going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.